Roach, Roach Coach. Podcast. Hot all day. Every day. the Roach Coach. Podcast. All day. All day. Every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. Thank you, Matt. We are back. We are back for another episode of Roach Coach, creating that new metal canon one album at a time. This week, we've got a big one, you guys. We got a big one. Um, because we are talking about the boys in Seven Dust once again. And there was only one person we could get for this episode. We had to go out to lands of Twitter and find the biggest Seven Dust fan in the entire world to talk about this album. You may know him from his podcast, Action for Everyone. You may know him just from his Twitter feed where he sees every action movie and lets you know whether or not it's a ripper or not. It's Vice Victus. Vice, welcome. Hey yo, what's going on? It's your boy Vice, aka the, the Chocolate Hogfish. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I have to give a good middle nickname for this show because because like my name Vice is my rap name for podcast. So I need another one. Uh, multiple names. Vice, thank you so much for coming on. I've been a longtime fan of you on Twitter. As I was telling you before we started recording, I mean, I feel like you're almost like the action movie maven as my dad would say like you you're out there you see it all you know you're letting us know yeah this one yeah they're stabbing necks you got to see it or you know this one they're not stabbing enough necks you can skip it um like i remember uh, a couple weeks ago beekeeper was coming out i was like i'm just keeping my eyes peeled when's vice going you know and of course we know that one that one's an all-timer incredible <laughs> rips man yeah and you know part of the whole i guess it- the secret is not, it's not just me. I have a whole like, community, which I'll talk about in, in a minute here. We have a whole kind of sect, if you will, following of these um, action movie fanatics from around the world, really. And uh, this, and part of how I kind of came to be is that kind of international online uh, uh, cultivation. But no, yeah, like uh, I have my own little like um, interest and niche and um, point of view. And, um, you know, it helps kind of uh, develop or it helps strengthen the overall action movie kind of uh, community. Like, you know, it's, it's not, we see all the interesting parts about it beyond just, you know, jump kicks and, you know, punches to the face. Even Although it, that is cool. <laughs> I need some of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your input. I definitely, you know, also on Twitter, uh, uh, Brandon Stressing, um, also Outlaw Vern, you know, you guys all kind yeah. of, I put in the same category of guys who are just out there just looking for, yeah, the deeper, deeper stuff, which I, I've always kind of put as like the first time, I really thought of like on a deeper level was when uh when Vern made the uh the Steven Seagal book Seagalogy yeah and that kind of was like okay there, people are thinking this on a more scholarly level and then from following you I noticed that you were a guy going to metal shows a guy going to shows and then you have a great great love of Seven Dust and then I learned when just doing some research the other day of your Twitter feed just to see some other takes you put on Seven Dust that Seven Dust is your favorite band of all time. Indeed, yeah, and um, you know, it's it's first up in the, in the broader sense, in the same way I'm a kind of a action movie fanatic, in that I take it like I take the text seriously. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel the same way about new metal. You know, as we're all probably aware, it's kind of a much derided genre of music. But you know, we know the true believers. You know, this you know there's so much more to it. And like 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 action movie. You know, yes, it's if you want to like you know bang your head and like you know. You know, rip some uh, cool light, whatever. It's there for that. It's not. That's part of its DNA. But there's a lot of stuff also behind it. 
And to me, you know, bands like, you know, uh, Deftones or Seven Dust, in this case specifically, they are kind of uh, emblematic of that. They have so much going on, like content and lyrical wise, and just as, as people themselves, as a artist, musicians, um, we, we know it's still like, you know, ripping fucking riffs and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> breakdown, you know, it's, it's, still, it's still about that too. So yeah, like, like the kind of that energy matches what, what, I, what I've been really interested in for years now, that kind of thematic weight with that, you know, visceral punch to it. And it's, it's, it's perfect stuff for me. Yeah. yeah uh, what is, what is your history of Seminos? I'm assuming you've seen them live many times. Uh, several times, uh, more in recent years than not. Well, I guess so. Around people my age, mostly is like kind of a similar story. I think maybe many people's first exposure to them is um, actually the uh, they had a the, the um, network broadcast a half hour concert on TV on TV uh, like in, I think it was ninety seven. I think it was during the same year as their um, debut album release. So you know, I saw that it was like late night. You know, a Saturday night, and you see this uh, TV branded. Um, like mini concert basically on on like on broadcast television and you know and like i'm sure everybody has the same kind of you see there, there goes this like these really cool like you know really cool looking new metal dudes then lajon you know like just a standout figure in new metal and metal and music really it's just like beautiful looking long dreaded black guy you know he has this soulful voice but he's like roaring out these great lyrics and it's like um just his presence, like from the very beginning, is eye catching, and of course, to, to for me, people uh, kind of in my with a similar situation is like, oh wow, like uh, you can be being a black person who's being a fan of metal and new metal as a, as a, you know as it grew up, you know, like um, it was it's interesting interesting experience because like uh, well, new metal itself has that kind of um, inherent like a uh, hip hop vibe to it, you know, like John Davis Corn with it. These track suits and the actual having like Ice Cube and Pimp C on, on, on their um, album uh, cameos, like uh, so that hip hop energy is part of it, but like it's not quite. It's a whole. It's a whole other vibe as well, or like um, yeah, just like the middle scene in general is that is was about that kind of overt mix of, of genres and styles and people. So it was like just seeing the John, like it was really like a kind of I don't know welcoming, I guess to the scene you could say. And, uh, and from there, of course, you, you follow the songs, you follow the albums as they go, and like it just becomes you, can, you kind of become like as the John himself says, you kind of become like family over the years because you, you listen to their albums uh, as as time goes on and as you grow as a person, and that kind of you kind of see that see your your life experiences reflected in their experiences. So yeah, so yeah, just uh, it was really like a this kind of kinship of, of I guess the best kind of way art works and the best way like you have these shared experiences. And the artist kind of communicates that back and forth to you with, with you and the audience between the audience, artist and the audience. So yeah, again, it's a really kind of uh, interesting relationship that they have going over the years. Stemming from that, you know, that's that kind of just cool shock of like, wow, this guy looks so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely appreciate that. This is the fourth Seven Dust album that they put out, and also that we're covering on the show. Released October seventh, two thousand three. Genre tags: new metal and alternative metal on uh wikipedia this is the last album to feature clint lowry until he returned in 2008 so he left in 2004 returned in 2008 this album was dedicated to the memory of both dave williams of drowning pool who had passed away in august of 2002 and lejean's brother reginald who had been murdered in november of 2002 so you kind of have a, a more of a theme here with the record uh that i think in some of them in the past i think animosity was more about just 
we got a we got a rip face, we got a rock, but here there this one's a little bit more has more of a thematic uh, through line content wise. I will say on this show we have we have respected but not really gone all in on Seven Dust so far. I think Animosity was the first record that we really grabbed tracks from that put into our personal new metal canon but i'm excited to see uh where we go with this record the personnel on this record lejean on lead vocals clint lowry on lead guitar backing vocals co-lead vocals and skeleton song john Connolly on rhythm guitar backing vocals Vinny horsby on bass and the hardest working man in rock and roll morgan rose on drums there he and is backing vocals i will say that uh going through this uh, i think people still do not realize how much work morgan rose does in this band this man is basically writing every single song. I think people don't, don't realize that. You know, uh, when I'm going through comments on songmeanings.com, I, everyone thinks Lejean wrote every single song. And uh, as I've learned, Lejean generally does not write any of these songs. He only has one songwriting credit on this album, which is always interesting when the lead singer is more of just like channeling for the rest of the band. It's kind of like the same thing when you realize that like Pete Wentz writes all the Fall Out Boy songs. Um, <laughs> so, what? Yes, Matt. I'm sorry to break it to you. Pete Wentz writes all those songs. Yeah, he didn't. He, he didn't write dance, dance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm just telling. Yeah, yeah, Patrick Stump is merely a vessel for the words of Pete Wentz. I'm a vessel uh, for Stump. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I have a physical copy of this album here. I picked it up from Half Price Books for a sweet four dollars and ninety nine cents. Um, oh, that's gold. Baby. Yeah, that's a big uh, thrift. It's a big thrift. <laughs> It did have a DVD with it uh, that had a hot doc, and I unfortunately overslept this morning and did not get to watch it. Um, <laughs> I uh, and I apologize for that. And of course, send your disapproval of Lauren's missing the doc to <laughs> Lauren Stinks at RoachCoach.com. <laughs> Please send it over. So I want to say I went through these liner notes, and they made an interesting decision. I don't know, uh, Vice, if you have any a physical copy of yours, but. They decided to put this sort of like black imagery of like just dilapidated buildings and stuff behind black font. So sometimes you can't read a goddamn thing. It's just <laughs> it's I, I was like, come on, guys, I want to I want to know what's being said. These thank yous. These thank yous seem very important. You will never know what's being said here. This is literally yeah. black on black. Like I had, I put, I put a flashlight on it, and then I was like, "What am I doing with my life? What? No, 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 no. We're not doing this. It's not even like raised and glossy so that you could like tilt it." Matt, listen, I spent Matt, way too much. It's it, Matt. It's literally Matt. It is. <laughs> I spent so much time squinting at this, and then I literally was like, "What am I doing? I need to step back." Well, I think one wonders if maybe the whole like uh, the record label has issues to do this because you know I guess kind of famously part of the um, Severus's lore history right, is that they're kind of falling out with TVT Records and this is being the last TVT record produced uh, for this band. So I wonder if you know if this might be one of one of several um, small cuts or straw, straws that breaks the back of their relationship with that company. Mm. You know, it's okay, all all on my part. I don't know for sure, but it sounds like it's something that could very well be based on again based on just what we know of them throughout the years that is true yeah the tvt relationship always contentious this is the final album uh on tvt this record was co-produced by seven dust and co-produced by butch walker which is another i guess fallout boy connection unadvertently i was not intending to make the connection <laughs> but he also produced fallout boy uh he's produced uh a lot of people over the years I think he produced uh green day but he's known for very he's much 
pink song jobs i think he did yeah yeah yeah, yeah. pink is one um mm-hmm. And uh, he also uh, he has a very prolific solo career, which I like some of. And also, he was in the band Marvelous Three. And yeah, I still play that song to this day. Actually, uh, the uh, that, that one hit wonder, I guess you call it. Oh, Freak of the Week is what it's called. The name of the song. Um, but yeah, I played on MTV back. You know, of course, back in back in the old times, they played music on MTV. And uh, yeah, that song is like a to this day. A brain worm. I, I, I'm it all the time. <laughs> yeah, that is that is a good one. Yeah. Um. I. I mean, I found out recently that he, I guess Marvelous Three reunited, and I had even no idea. Oh, it, yeah. Apparently, they did like a <laughs> bunch of reunion shows in like Atlanta or something, and they were sold out. Mm. And I was like, man, that must that was a local situation because it did not make it to me. <laughs> um. And I, I think uh, you know this is actually a good point. Uh, it's relevant to this um the album, not just for notable for notability, because um there were those the hooks, those earworms. That's, that's definitely um you, as we talk about it in the, this album, kind of further develops the the prowess of Seven Dust. They always had great hooks. They always had, always had great you know um horses, but like it kind of goes a, to a different level in this album. And I think Butch Walker is kind of really part of that that process. It's just like a few like I don't know key keys or, or uh, levels that aren't quite what John has sung before, and it kind of takes, takes to a different level. Which I thought you know I thought it, it's, it's very it's very subtle if you don't. If you're not looking pay attention to it hmm. but uh yeah i definitely felt that throughout the song process in, in this album for sure yeah i definitely agree with that and we will definitely yeah we're definitely going to dive into that um oh also butch walker produced the uh sr 71 album tomorrow that we did on this show Ooh. last year <laughs> which is uh uh matt you might remember that one that's the the uh the album where he keeps talking about how cucked he is yes yeah. i do remember that album <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, That's why he has a video where he specifically puts himself in a situation where he can be cucked. Like, oh, I'm going to be in the backseat of the car while you make out in the front seat. Uh, What a choice. What a choice. Uh, Yeah. This is also notably the first album where Lejean has shorn his dreads. Whoa. Uh, what? Yes. Uh, I was very surprised when I got this album and I saw the album coming and I was like, because I didn't even know about this era. I was not aware. Uh, I had kind of dropped out at this point and was not listening to Seven Dust that much anymore uh, by this point. And when I saw this, I mean, yeah, you can see in this photo here, short hair. I, I was just like, oh my, this is, this is like when Busta Rhymes cut off his hair. Same situation. <laughs> I was like, is this allowed? Are we doing this? This is the iconography here. I mean, the thing is funny is that he's grown it back since. It's like he he knew yeah. he knew he knew. <laughs> I think I think similar in this time frame. I believe it was uh, when Lenny Kravitz. I think around this era, he also did the same thing. He shaved his locks and oh, um, wow. I remember I remember seeing yeah. him on the one of those VH1 specials. They were like a, well, it's it's kind of it's a cultural thing where like um it's believed that the, the hair holds the energy. You know, like you know, like, like Hercules and Samson. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know that's kind of like a process. Like I'm gonna reset that energy and you know, start over again. So and I and I, I guess it, if. That might have been on his mind during this process of this album, you know, again, mm, right? Dealing lost. with, yeah, also, it looks cool. Yeah, I, yeah, I distinctly remember the Lenny Kravitz one because at that point, it, it was just so it was once again so deep in his iconography, and yeah. uh, and then I want to say it was with the album five. I think with fly think away so, on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. And that was, yeah, that I remember was a very, I was a, I don't know if I've ever talked about it, but yeah, I was deep Lenny Kravitz in the nineties, like really into Lenny Kravitz. Are you going to go my way? <sighs> my gosh, forget about it. That's an all timer right there. Oh yeah. So I have a physical copy here. We've got Butch Walker behind the boards. I will say it was very interesting to read the feelings on this record when they were promoting it versus what they said about it 
uh, after the fact. Um, John Connolly, when the record was coming out, said it's really heavy and tons of melody. We're big fans of melody. There's no reason that a uh, heavy band can't have something to sing over. And we just really pushed it a lot farther than we had a chance in the last few records. Also, he said it was more. It's a more mature record, more more focused. We had a lot more time to spend on it. Butch Walker is a lot more efficient than people we've worked with in the past. And uh, he says, I think we just pushed better songs further than we had a chance to with Animosity. But then in retrospect, Morgan Rose feels that this album is too commercial. He said that they lost creative control due to TVT Records on this one. And he said, when we finished touring, our touring cycle for seasons, our number one priority was to figure out a way to get out of the record deal that we had been stuck in for quite a while. Once we finally got out, our next priority was not to be stuck in the same position as far as creative control and to be able to make a lot of the music musical decisions on our own. Interesting statement. Um, considering what we're going to hear. This was an okay seller. Wikipedia seems to try to like have it both ways by saying that it gained some substantial commercial success, yet it was the first album to not go gold. So which is it, Wikipedia? Make up your mind. <laughs> but the reviews they have, all music, four out of five, exclaim, positive, and star pulse, where we all go for our music reviews, give it four out of five. Oh, I'm a big Star Pulse guy. You love Star Pulse. Yeah. Oh, so go Star Pulse. Pulse. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's the perfect time to dive into these tracks. The first song on Seasons is called Disease. Yeah, hold on. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Vice, talk us through your feelings on disease. I recall during one of the interviews uh, on in a magazine, they had mentioned that, well, I guess Seven of Us had this reputation for being a um, party hard kind of band, you know, um, heavy into the drugs and alcohol. And I think they mentioned that this was their first time to record fully sober. Knowing that before I heard the album, this guy of that funny, the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the pick me up at the very beginning there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The kind of the, the, the uh, nod to that like lifestyle. And of course, but you know, as, as we all kind of, as the album goes on, you kind of you feel that sense of maturity, though. I, what they're talking about, you know, they're kind of trying to get past that stuff. Mm-hmm. But again, once again, kind of the uh, the motif of the of their album and their music as a whole is like um, having a good time, but we're still we're still thinking about these things in like in a more mature way. It's a great opening ripping ass track. It's just fucking. That's how you do it. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's how you start an album. Yeah. 
I, I put it as a fairly hot open. I did think it was weird that they didn't call this song Tattoo the World on my notes list. And I was like, when's disease come in? And then at some point, I think it's a Morgan Rose backing vocal where he's like, that I feel like was added late where someone's like, is this song called Disease? And they're like, oh, we forgot to say it. And then he like ran in the booth and he's just like, Disease. Like it's just like hidden there in the back, but I'm like, why did I call it Tattoo the World? But um, Seven Dust is one of those bands, kind of like Godsmack, that really insists on one word song titles. The majority of the song titles on this album are one word. You know what? It's your album. You guys can do what you want. Even though I am the world's biggest Seven Dust fan, as it were, I can't remember any of the song names. So I have to, like even even now, I have to kind of like look and refresh my memory of which the, the titles, the track listing, because I've I've definitely I've listened to like um from start to finish the entire discography multiple times in one setting, like doing work or in the gym or driving. Like I, I, I know the words of the songs back to front, but I have no idea what the song names are called. <laughs> <That's> kind of <laughs> I honestly, that honestly, I think that is also just being, I think it's just being an adult with responsibilities because I think about mm-hmm. as a kid, when I was a teenager, I could tell you song title. I could tell you song length. I could tell you everything. And it's like the moment I got my first bill in the mail, like you need to pay a bill. <laughs> my brain was like, got to get rid of all this bullshit. You got bills to pay, bro. It's gone. I know exactly what you mean. Like, yeah, I song titles. That's why That's why we're all out there in the streets being like, you remember that song? What's it called? And we're all, we all become our parents walking around saying like, oh, that song's called Tattoo the World, I'm pretty sure. Right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 The song's Teenage Wasteland. I think we all know that it's teenage wayland <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah uh this one yeah i i enjoyed the crunching guitar into the scraping guitar two different types of guitar you got to get that the here it comes part gets me fucking amped which is what you want but also as you said though this is a smooth chorus this chorus is is definitely like we're gonna hit you front to back in the room we're gonna get you matt you have often been a bit of a seven dust agnostic. How is disease hitting you? I'll tell you this. Uh, number one, I didn't know that it was going to be this early in the show that I say this. Man, could Lejean sing? Damn. Every album, I come back to this central tenet that, like, his voice rules. He has an amazing voice. This song totally works for me. I like the riff, I like the chug. I like when he goes into it. He smooths it out a little bit earlier than I want, but then he pulls back and he kind of like rips a little bit. Like he just lets his voice growl. Like the uh, before he gets to the chorus, the, before he gets to destroy all you see, like when he's yelling on in the world you wanted to find, there was nothing, nothing but the unforgiving. That's top tier. That's, that's really good stuff. Uh, and then I feel like this, this type of chorus... This is money in the bank. I mean, like, this feels very, I almost feel like, how many people ripped off Seven Dust here? Because this, Mm. I've heard this chorus last year on a new track. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like this is, at this point, I feel like, man, Seven Dust did the damn thing. And now they're, now what they, the seed they planted, other people are harvesting. That's how I feel, like, at this moment in time. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. This is the sole song with writing credit for Morgan, Clint, Lejean, and Butch Walker. Uh, Butch Walker co-wrote five songs on the album. I mean, this one just seems like, yeah, this is this is what we do, but in a, like, a fine like diamond tip. Like, this is this is the seven mm-hmm. dust sound, but really, like, we're going to hit you right off the bat. Uh, songmeetings.com, everyone largely in support of this song. Metalhead Mike 
commented on August 18th, 2017. So this guy's still in it. He said, this, all caps, is a real album opener. This, all caps, is one that demonstrates how to pull a listener in for the rest of the album, which is as dope as this track. Metalhead Mike. (laughs) Metalhead Mike. Fighting the fight. He's out there. He's like, track one, let's go. All right. (laughs) They they did. (laughs) They did. (laughs) All right. Well, perfect. Let's keep going. Track two, we've got Enemy. So, Vice, are you familiar with the backstory to this song? No, no, please. Oh, so this song, as I learned from the wonderful people in songmeanings.com, this is a diss song against Dez of Coal Chamber. Yes, right. uh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Because Dez was uh, obviously in a band with Morgan Rose's wife, Raina, yeah. and then that did not go well, and Morgan Rose has basically had an axe to grind with Dez for this. Uh, and according to Sharpnail, um, oh, I'm sorry, Shrapnail, I see what they did there. Very clever song meanings commenter. They got you, bro. They, they got me. They got you hard. Yeah. Uh, they said, Enemy was originally called Pez, a derogatory nickname Rose had for Des Fafara. We called him that because I used to say, I want to take this dude's head and pull it back and rip his tongue out of his neck. <laughs> This is why he, they went with Pez. I would like to know why this animosity, see what I did there, exists. I've heard from him that Dez was an ass, but how? Why? I mean, he was miserable after a while in Cold Chamber. Maybe they were greedy and stifling his joy for the music? It's hard to say. I used to rock out to Tyler's song all the time. I really love Cold Chamber, Devil Driver, and yes, Seven Dust. I have listened to Seven Dust since Waffle. Dez seems like a great person now that he's in a good environment. He openly cares for his bands, fans and bandmates. Devil Driver was probably one of the best concerts I have ever been to. So this person was like, Okay, this is what I understand, but also I'm a here's I'm a, my history with yes, this band. I'm a, I'm a bit of a fan. So then a lot of other people came in. A couple people told him to shut up, which of course they would. <laughs> classic um, internet, yeah, classic. Metalhead M said the lyrics are just killer, and Lejean's voice is so wicked. Also confirms that Des was an asshole to Morgan's wife, and th- this one, Matt, you might remember this guy. He wants to go by lyricist, but he decided to get tricky with his spelling. So it looks like his name is a little racist. I don't know why he did that, but um, um it's me, little racist. Yeah, he goes, I'm lyricist, but I'm spelling it funny. And oh man, so anyway, this song is brutal but brilliantly written. When you read up on the underlying story and what has been said between the parties, Morgan has written a direct challenge to man up about Des being an arsehole. As I said, it's a brilliantly written attack, in my opinion. 
Um, <laughs> the thing that I find interesting about this is that it seems to be a song of two purposes. You have Morgan, like, I want to go in. I want to, like, lay it out. I hate this guy. Butch Walker said, I love this energy. I love what you're doing. But why not when you get to the chorus, go widescreen, like go as big as possible, get him to the back, to the front. So in the verses, yeah, call him out. You want to rip his head off. But on those choruses, take us to heaven. <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, and it's really great. And it's funny because I feel like on paper it shouldn't work. But, uh, but listening, it's a winner. It's a winner. Vice? So I, I think maybe, I think probably what uh, maybe got your interest for me to be in the show is because, um, you know, so somebody posted the, uh, uh, one of the songs here on the, on Twitter. It occurs to me that this album in particular, and this, this song in specific is so cool because it's like, it's about these, like these broken relationships and like, uh, complex feelings. And, you know, the album is about these divorces and people dying and, um, feelings of inadequacy and, you know, it's that depression, all this kind of like, you know, real emotions, but it sounds like a WWF attitude era promo jam. Like it sounds like the kind of songs they put in wrestling. And so in fact, as it happens, this song is a perfect uh, emblematic of that because this was uh, the uh, theme song, I guess, as you want to call it, to the uh, WWE's uh, Unforgiven, the 2003 pay-per-view. Like this was the enemy song was the theme for that event. So yeah, again, it's just like a, it, it's one of those perfect things where it's like a, it's a perfect soundtrack for these kind of high energy, though I, I would say movies, but in this case, a wrestling events. But again, like uh, once again, it is actually a real personal meaning behind it all. Um, that kind of come it, it comes through, but also becomes kind of universal. Like this could be very much like, and even the, the I remember the video for this where they featured the, the W uh, superstar China at the time uh, as as the as, as the heavy the bad guy in the in the, in the music Whoa. video. It's like street fight, you know. And like so, like yeah, it's, it, it it has that propulsive energy of like fight music, but mm-hmm. even though it's oh. a very personal, like you know, fuck you to so one from one man to another. And then, and then that chorus, oh god, like this, I, I, I can't sing, but I just um, that, that pitch, that key shift from the, you know, mm-hmm. like that's such a, that's like a, I don't know, like a, it gets to your pleasure center in your brain, like that shift from the, the that that key shift, that's just like a scientifically constructed, yeah. and again, I think this goes back to um, part of Butch Walker's thing, like uh, you know, Butch Walker's a kind of master of these, like a. Uh, Making the pop hit, you know, it's like a, it's an art and a science. All, uh, so like he that 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 little turn, that twist of of the note that LeJohn pulls off so well, like in, between the guitar and his vocals, like that's just a master stroke in that song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, like like you, you can't like you can't. That's what makes them this band so powerful. Like not everybody can do this kind of stuff. Yeah, like, it's like, it's very you know? true. Yeah, he's definitely like yeah. It's just because also if you know that you have a singer like that. You gotta have that ready to rock and ready to go, uh, and that's the yeah. thing that I do really enjoy about this record is that they they're like, hey, we have a really great singer, we should let him be a really great singer because you have some <laughs> bands where they they'll have somebody who can really belt, and for some reason they will like bring them down. They won't let them do what they need yeah. to do. You know, um, I mean, not really related new metal wise, but like Slater Kinney has Corn Tucker in the band. She's got a whale like you wouldn't believe, and it felt like for the last couple of records. They just weren't letting her do her thing. And then on this Ooh. new record that just came out, all the reviews are like, oh, they're letting her sing again. I'm like, yeah, why did that take so long? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> so, yeah, it's nice when you hear uh, yeah, a record in a song like this from a band that has like a, a singer who can sing and they let them really sing. With this band, like um, this, 
again, this album kind of this uh, this high point for the progression of their sound to what, what to what it will become in later albums. Where um, they have this very unique uh, synchronicity, I guess, between the Clint and John's guitar tones. Like, first of all, they're they're like expert guitar players on their own rights. Like they, they like, and again, like uh, we we didn't really learn until like later albums that um, Clint can like shred, like mm-hmm. legit shred. But mm-hmm. they never do that on some of the albums for the most part, at least in the earlier years. But like uh, the way they can, they have this very specific tone and in their guitar tone that matches so well with the John's voice and the, each other's voices, pitch that shift in the chorus, like it all kind of bends together into one. Like it's mm-hmm. like, like, I it's wanna, like it happens pretty early in the song too. I want to hear it again because yeah, yeah. my my initial feeling was that it was almost too soon because I was really wrapped up in the aggression of it. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I was I was living for like. When Seven Dust does this, I really, really like it because I would say like the earlier albums, my note with Lejean was always that like this guy is an excellent classic metal singer. You know what I mean? Like he has that. He could have carried any of those bands like the big three type bands like he he's in the pocket there. So like when I think of new metal, I usually think of like this more gritty kind of like forceful. But then he can do the smoothed out stuff. So I want to hear that. I want to hear that transition again, because I'm in. And also, yeah, the glass just broke, and Austin's coming down. Yeah, like <laughs> big attitude area. <laughs> so love that. The floor falls out so fast that I wasn't ready for it. You know, it was like, because it's just like, step up to me, step up to me. Like, it just goes (laughs) immediately, like, on a dime. And, like, as a band, they're so tight. Obviously, they've been together for so long at this point. And the song craft is so dialed in. Like, it took me by surprise, honestly, when they went this smooth this quickly. On the second hearing, knowing that it was coming, I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm, I'm good to go. But the first listen was like, whoa, what's happening? <laughs> but then, and then he carries it through, and then they get back to being aggressive. And I was like, I, I, I love anybody that's listened for as long as some of our fans have know that, like, I'll err on the side of the aggressiveness. I love a good singer. So, like, to hear both of them together is like, hmm, well, I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting to get both. There you go. So, so Matt, what you're saying is that you believe the song is brutal, but brilliantly written as commenter, little racist. Ted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, call Jenny and tell her that I have another thing for my gravestone. <laughs> okay. Perfect. 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 Agreed um, with little racist. <laughs> Uh, perfect. Well, let let's keep it going. This is the title track. It's seasons.
so I really did think uh, on this one, once again, we have a really big chorus, which I enjoy, um, bopping with some chug, but I really did think on this one that Seven Dust really did make a great album for somebody to spot you at the gym. This one, like if you're at the gym <laughs> and you're just, you see a guy and you don't know him and you're like, can I ask this guy to spot me? And then season starts and you lock eyes, your kinship is there. And you're like, hey, you need a spot. Get spotter? on the rack, bro. I can you, got you. Can you spot you. me? Can you spot me? I'm, I'm, I, I'm, you didn't even have to say the words, man. I already know. Let's do this. You know, you I going uh, for you going for reps. You going for max? What are we doing know, today? I'm, I put I put an extra five on both sides, and I just need somebody. Oh, we're to doing a burnout. Let's yeah, fucking go, so bro. I just want to just see a couple extra reps in there. You know, I'm feeling it. And now that seasons is playing. This chorus is happening in You seasons. sure do talk a lot for a guy who wants to lift weights. Let's go. Uh, so yeah. I was like, you know what? Seven Dust in the pocket. They know they know their audience. They know what we need. And we need spotting songs. So I appreciate that. Vice, are are you are you gonna are you move some uh push some weights to this one? How do you feel about this one? It is innumerable the amount of uh, uh bench reps I've done to this album <laughs> over the course of the past. 20 plus years now like yeah you, yeah it's so spot on it's, it's scary how accurate that is like even even as we as we went to it like the album has kind of well all the albums have a really kind of distinct uh even flow to them and like there's parts where like you can like you got you got pumped up in the beginning you went overcharged you know in, in the second song and i was like hey right, catch my breath and i was trying to transition to the uh to the to the I'm going from the squats to the rows now, so I got to like you know just the mindset, just the tempo. Like it's made for it's it's so much made for that tempo of of, of gym work. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but also again, like you know, it's just like a it's that they excel just as much with this kind of smooth metal stuff as they do with the hard hitting, you know, extreme aggro stuff. And again, that's they, that's why they, to me why they last so long, and uh, part of it is why they they got that balance so well that I think a lot of uh, other new metal bands uh, of their era of the ilk, they kind of when they try to experiment, the things kind of go awry or goes off the tracks. But like they always had this perfect balance, so they can shift that direction of, of of the train or whatever, like and still maintain balance. So yeah, like yeah, they, they always have that that aggression and the and the the majesty, if you want to call it that. They always they always have it, and it's one of the good songs that, that shows that. Yeah, I think that is a definitely uh, a tribute to why they have lasted as long as they have is that they have like a specific formula that they've been fine tuning. And I guess if you're not on board, then you're gonna be like seven dust is gonna seven dust. But if you are a seven dust fan, you're like seven dust is seven dusting. This is what I need. This is what I want. Thank you boys for doing it again. Matt, how did you feel about seasons? It's interesting this being there. This is their fourth one that we've done, correct? That's correct. I feel like the way that they're transitioning in previous albums was that it would it would be a little new, but then it would go, as I kind of said earlier, a little more classic metal, more like this is a straight ahead metal song. Now, I feel like they're going, we have these huge bombastic choruses that we know Lejean can pull off because he's locked in vocally. But they're going back to the chug and going back to the chug is like, for me personally, where I like them. That's the pocket where I'm just like, hell yeah, I love that. So this one really worked for me, but I also see what you're saying, Lauren, like this and vice when you were like, yeah, this is almost perfect workout music because it is like mentally you're locked in and I've got, whew, 
all right, let's go. Let's go. Like I could feel myself shake it off and be like, all right, yeah. next rep, let's get in there. Let's do it. And when, when that happens, it's like, I've got the chug in the song to kind of like propel me. And I'm like, yeah, this is, this is good stuff. I'm really, I would not say that I've been a huge seven dust flag waver, but like, this is working for me. I'm I'm really liking this so far. There you go. Sawminis.com up to this point had been honestly pretty much just a lot of facts, a lot of facts given to us, you know, people kind of just saying pretty standard stuff. But people got a little wilder in the comments for this one. Uh, Midnight Raven starts off, says, feels to me like it's about a fading relationship. There are a lot of problems he's trying to mend, but getting sick of doing it. The season is way too cold means that this era in the relationship is too difficult. Okay, fair enough. Good analysis. Clash in my mind responds and says, I'm not being a dick, but most songs that I've read the meaning to that are people thinking it's a relationship related. Not everything is about a person's love life. This song, for example, it could be about society, politics, fear of dying, the beginning of your last time alive. You get cold if you're dying. No one wants life to end. It could be about freedom. I'm like, Okay. All right. Okay. Pump the brakes. All right. Wait. Uh, can we? Can we? Can we? Just have a quick pause. Yeah. Your last time of dying. What did he say? The beginning of your the... last time alive. <laughs> as one says. As one says. The beginning of your last time alive. That's a real turn of phrase. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm entering the last time of live. Yeah. I'll see you later. <laughs> I'll see you later. King A.L. Rock said, you kill yourself every day you turn away, suffocate, separate, to face it all. Would you save us from yourselves? That verse right there reminds me of our government. (laughs) (laughs) And guys, after I read that comment, I got out of there. I got right out of there. I said, okay, all right. That's enough for me. (laughs) Enough for me. Uh, All right. Up next, we've got Broken Down. Does change your locks. Fucking people are ripping you off left and right. <laughs> Holy cow. That is again another chorus that I feel like I've heard in the last five years from seven different bands. That's interesting, Matt. Because for me, this felt like a situation where Seven Dust said, Uh-oh, it looks like the door is left open over at Lincoln Park's house. I'm just going to get in there real quick, <laughs> steal some keyboards from Mr. Han, and then take them back over. Um, there was a part of me that at the beginning, I was like, this does feel a little Lincoln, Lincoln Parky, 
But then they kind of made it their own, but the way that they made it their own. The thing that's kind of killing me is this is 2003. Vice, on the show, we have this thing where we call like a new metal timeline. And we say like really classic new metal. Unfortunately, September 11th is kind of the end of that because radio almost – completely stopped playing it nationally did something, there was like did something a, happen matt did something happen no nah, you know i don't you know, oh, okay okay all right thanks we are never supposed to forget it so september okay. 11th happens <laughs> and then we kind of move forward and new metal itself as a genre is still there's a lot of albums that were being made at that time that were like supposed to release the next thing i mean we pod satellite came out on september 11th so mm-hmm. You kind of have like this two years of like new metal bands coming out that nobody really wanted to hear what they were doing. So this comes out in 2003 and that period kind of post 9-11, we call it the come down because it's like we've had enough. We don't want any more. But this record in the come down, Lauren, it's starting to make a lot of sense Mm -hmm. for a 2003 record. It does feel like with the major lift choruses and kind of like the big bombastic chorus, but still enough chug. I'm surprised that this didn't do better, you know, like commercially, because it does feel like if you were looking for something like this, it's like, there's enough across the board where it's like, okay, this is a no brainer. Like this is, this could get radio play. No problem. I don't, maybe it's just me, but this feels like, I don't know, money in the bank, dare I say? Matt, unfortunately, October 2003 was owned by two men in the group called Outcast, and no one else was doing anything else but listening (laughs) to the speaker box level. We had two albums to parse out, Matt. All right? (laughs) We had two albums. Another classic two albums that should have been one scenario. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, we could have done a 50 50. Of like the best of Speaker Box and the best of Love Below, I would have dug that. I remember listening to the Love Below on a trip to Chicago from Detroit, and I was like, well, "There's a an unfortunate amount of filler on this." <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Matt, where do you stand on uh, Andre 3000's flute album, real quick? You know what? I respect it. That's all we needed. Two- Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Yeah, no, I mean. <laughs> When Viola Spolin created no, no. Uh, yeah, um, no, I, I I understand what you're going there, but like yeah. I do feel like Seven Dust is doing a great job in this song of of creating a straight ahead radio rock song. Mm-hmm. For to hear them saying that this feels commercial in retrospect, like hey, they smoothed this out a little bit too much, is not a real surprise. I can see them being. Kind of now, those two comments that seem to contradict each other completely make sense. Because if you're supporting an album that has commercial appeal, you're going to be like, "Hey, this is this is the one." And then you don't have commercial success, and you're like, "We were in the room saying we didn't want to do commercial stuff, and we did it. We kowtowed. We did what we were supposed to do to have the hit." And that didn't work. Well, fuck that. We're gonna get back in the. We're gonna get back in there, and we're gonna do what we do. Like it, now, it, the comments are starting to make a whole lot more sense to me. But I like the song. Yeah. I'm, it's it's very smooth. Yeah, Vice. How do you feel about smooth. Broken Down? The era we're talking about here. This I I so astute to you to call it the come down. Yeah, like it's and I remember specifically. I uh, just so so for context for my history. I I saw I this album came out when I was in. In the army when I first enlisted, so I was there like you know my first time being a man by myself, quote unquote. 
So like uh, I, but there's also like a, uh, this also coincides with an interesting period of music where like um, this is right near the as you call it the 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 downturn of new metal, but also just the next year we saw the kind of the explosion of like this um the uh, new wave of American heavy metal or metalcore kind of era. Yeah, like this this is like really this is really yeah it's actually really important like a turning point time frame wise in American music. We have like it's the same year as 2003's um Meteora, the Park Second album. They have something mm-hmm. like this. So like the change is, is clear, is coming because even then, even then being on the kind of the uh, the unwanted poster boys of new metal, they're still you, you can see them clearly going in a new direction. And so yeah, so you have these kind of weird thing where like a uh, new metal is becoming it's making a new direction at the same time. This kind of uh, underground. You know, hardcore, yeah. uh, you know, Lamb of God, Killswitch, uh, Settle Soul, all those guys. Yeah. That's kind of, they're getting up slowly, uh, they're gaining power, getting traction too. So, yeah, this is a, yeah, it's a really interesting time frame to kind of see where heavy music in general was heading or where, where it was coming from. Because it, it wasn't it wasn't all that clear at the time, I guess. Because, yeah, I remember I, I hear that same year, I heard Meteor, then I heard um, Shadows Fall, The Art of Balance, two totally diff- disparate albums but they caught me all the same like i was like okay i the one has a very old school like old school metal feel one is of course like mutant league park doing their weird shit you know yep. but, like it, it was like it's still they were still of their time current you know so yeah yeah just very and you're here in the middle in the middle of that is seven dust yeah we have a very fascinating history time time of history for music yeah absolutely um yeah this is a, a single uh single co- uh write writing credit on it for morgan rose um you know this immediately because he's like i got a bunch of symbols and i'm gonna put them all up at the top <laughs> and hit them all in different interesting ways and i appreciate that thank you so much the only comment i wanted to tell you about on songmeanings.com is from max fior who said i cannot believe that no one has added a comment to this great seven dust song there it is to me, I think that this song is about loss or making a dreadful mistake and hoping to turn back the clock. A dreadful mistake? Was this written in 1904? Dreadful mistake? Okay. Oh, terribly dreadful mistake. Dreadful. My humors are unbalanced. <laughs> I have the vapors. I have the vapors. A dreadful mistake has been made. Oh, I'd miss this one. This is from, this is a, Two comment back to back from Slammin seven oh six from November twenty fifth two thousand twenty three, who said such a great song really hits. Then immediately commented on their own comment and said, "Not gonna lie, I'm relating to this song right now." This guy was <laughs> going through it. They hit play, went to song meeting, boom, 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 boom. Submit song still playing. Mm-hmm. No, okay, gotta, gotta go back. Yeah, this go is back. this is this shit is hitting. Lemon seven oh six. Wherever you are, I hope you're feeling better. Yeah, yeah man. That, yeah. That well, also November <laughs> November twenty fifth, November twenty eighth. I mean, clearly they were home for Thanksgiving. This is once again yeah. Thanksgiving. We talked about this on the show. Peak. People are going home. They're seeing their families, and then they are like hearing a song, and they're like, "What's the Wi-Fi password here? I gotta get on song beans, <laughs> Grandma. I gotta I gotta post. I gotta post." Like, what excuse can you use to get away from your family at Thanksgiving? Like, oh, I have um, I have some work I have to do. And it's just like, what are you doing? And it's just like, this song really gives me the feels. <laughs> Enter. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. Uh, all right, we're going to keep it going. Do Up it. next, we've got the song Separate. 
I wrote in my notes, yeah, with about eight H's, because that riff up top, those boys are revving up. I was like, they're putting little bendies in it. I was like, this is what it's all about. And it's just, it's a great riff. I wrote, get off the wall. If you are leaning against the wall at a Seven Dust show, and this riff hits, you got to get off the wall. If you don't get off the wall, you got to leave. You got to leave. You got to get off the wall. I thought this was great. This also at the point I was like, this is Seven Dust perfecting the Seven Dust formula on this album. They've they've cracked the code. Everything's working. Nothing's not working. It's all it's all going great. Um, there's also a really great hot drop at about one forty eight. Vice feelings on separate. You mentioned about the uh, the radio friendliness of it all. This was indeed a radio uh, single release song on the radio. You know, on the single, and yeah, like you said, it's a. Uh, it has is that formula most concentrated to a T at this point, but also it's kind of funny because uh, you know I mentioned this uh, this traditional period of where music is going. I don't know how to describe it, but um, I call it um white boy rock, like with a R A W K, mm. like not quite new metal, like uh, I don't know, like the of a dead man or like a fuel, like mm. oh the stuff, that, the stuff they play on octane on the serious excellent like that stuff, yeah. the octane channel, that kind yeah. of rock. So it's not quite new metal, but it's not quite regular metal either. <laughs> I guess on the on the uh, billboard it's called like um hard rock whatever I don't know it's sniggle back all, all them things you know so this is them like doing that white boy rock mode <laughs> a little bit where like uh it's a little more bouncy and a little more like almost like well they're from Georgia Atlanta so they have that kind of like they've always had this country kind of vibe to some of their songs as hard as they go mm-hmm. so this is definitely more more evident in that you know that little bouncy kind of twangy this of the intro like uh. Oh, yeah, these are good boys, too. You kind of forget sometimes that that's how they are, you know, in real life. They're like really chill, really chill dudes. So, yeah, yeah, this is that. This is just one of their peak white boy rock songs with LeJohn, of course. Singing, singing his ass <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, It's the only thing he knows. Matt, how do you feel about Separate? <laughs> I would say that was the feeling that I was having with the exceptional LeJohn's voice because what white boy rockers do is they yarl. And LeJohn... <laughs> Does not fucking yarl at all. He mm, no. doesn't do that because if he would, if he would have gone for a yarl, we would have ended up straight in the butt. And that's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this case for me, where you're saying uh, Lauren said like this is Seven Dust perfected, I agree with that. It is not my favorite song, which means probably the classic Seven Dust song or style isn't necessarily for me. But I respect the shit out of it because. The riff is tight. His voice is tight. This is great song, but I like the dirtiness that Lejean has from time to time. And this one, like, you got that, like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, and he's coming in, like, high, perfectly pitched, strong, and I'm like, but I, I like a little dirty. I like the little, like, the coming when he gets that going through. And, that, and I think that's the thing between, like, casual Seven Dust, like, I like Seven Dust, and, like, no, you do not understand. I love Seven Dust. <laughs> and, it, and and it's like, it's because of that. Because if you mm-hmm. love that, I don't know many acts that can give you that. In this sense, they're kind of one of one. I do not know many bands that can do this. Mm-hmm. And it's like their special sauce. It is truly what makes them them. I agree with that 100%. Look at me. Uh, I'm fucking rolling yeah, here. You are, Matt. You're in the zone. All right. Then let's keep it going. Up next, we've got Honesty. It's not supposed to hurt this much 
was interesting for me because I was trying to decide what I wanted more. Did I want more of the soaring Lejean or did I want more of that crunchy riff? And I don't know if either totally gets enough play here because it feels like right when I'm like, okay, I'm here, I'm, I'm on the Lejean train, that crunchy riff comes back. And I'm like, oh, this crunchy riff, why hasn't this been around? So this one's a little uneven for me. I don't necessarily dislike it, but it definitely feels a little little more uneven than some of the ones that have come before. Vice, how do you feel about this one? This is one of my favorite tracks of this album, but um, not for any, how do I describe this? Um, well, I mentioned the, the guitar tones. It's very specific, these, these pitches and melodies they have. And each album has their kind of specific motifs that you would hear throughout, this, uh, throughout the record. Seasons in particular has a one has a very distinct tone from their other albums that they don't really they rarely come back to. You. I know maybe like um maybe the most recent album they kind of touch on this this territory again, but no this this song like this is that uh, very um I don't know how it's that, that dissonance to it like the the high pitches and again that that kind of the peaks and valleys again the high and the low like the, like we heard in um, Enemy so they kind of do it again here and like I just I don't know I can't really explain it just that that particular arrangement of that. That shifting kind of gets to me, and um, yeah, like, you know, kind of, it's good for that kind of gym motivation too. Like, mm-hmm. but I like also, I think more more than anything, this album of like animosity, and then this one, feel very much like um, if you if you imagine having your own soundtrack, like mm-hmm. if you're going through stuff in like your life and you have like like if you're having a movie about yourself, or if you're making your own whole movie, like uh, this is the part where like you know you're. This is where you have at a crossroads or whatever. This is where you have a you're in a kind of conflict. Of what, do you, what do what do I do next? Like it has that very those that that tone to it. So yeah, so like this is kind of the, the shift of tone from like a, I guess from the first part it's kind of not upbeat but um very um like a rising motion well, of sorts. Yeah, yeah, rising. I guess I don't know. I don't know if yin and yang is the right term. But like this is kind of a positive, not necessarily like good, but positive as in like aggressive energy. And now it's time for the oh now it's a. The sadness, sadness, repercussions energy because mm. you're like, oh, this is like the come down, I guess, or like, oh, this is, this is, this is where uh, the consequences from reaction don't know. Like, <laughs> yes. it kind of feels like that in a, in a movie, like, aggressive to sad or whatever. And the lyrics themselves, like, they kind of infer that too, like, you know, like, oh, this kind of regret is lamenting things, uh, not being truthful or not doing our, um, being our best selves mm-hmm. in a relationship, you know? So, yeah, yeah kind of, yeah, it's, it's that very interesting feeling that, um, so even though, like, the song is, a little bit weirdly dissonant. It still makes sense in the flow of the record itself, of of this of this um 
soundtrack to a movie that never was. Right. I don't know. That's, that's, how, I always, that's how I've always taken this album. Like, it's just a really cool, like, OST of uh, this, like, kind of cool, like, drama that, that's in my own head. <laughs> well, Vice, I am locked in with you because the first thing I thought when I heard this was Rocky Four. <laughs> where he's driving and he's having the flashbacks of you know Clubber getting getting knocked out, like I was. This feels like oh, I'm gonna get in my car. It's gonna be a night drive. I'm gonna have memories and I might have to pull over because I'm gonna have to cry a little bit. Yeah, like I absolutely, I am fully locked into that. This is the montage song of your life. Like yes, you know, oh my God. you're just like Phew. mistakes were made, but you know what. I'm still here. I'm still ready. Let's get back in the fight. Let's do it. That's right, because oh you you are looking at yourself with honesty, guys. It's right there in the title. Right there in the title. So there were a lot of comments on song meanings where people were talking about how this is about a relationship that went south, a relationship that went sour, people making mistakes and regretting, kind of agreeing with everyone. And then someone whose name is Moomin P.L., said, yeah, and probably the relationship went bust because of something he had said. Look at the lines in the second verse. I guess you finally took the deepest cut. I guess the blade on my tongue was just too much. Every word that I said came from my dark side. The blade on my tongue is pretty evident. Sometimes it's said that words could hurt more than a blade. They sent a poet once again who had heard that sometimes, sometimes it's said, sometimes it is said, Yes, the words can hurt more than a blade. That's the saying. That's the saying. Send a poet. <laughs> Send it. <laughs> Send them directly to songmeanings.com. Perfect. That was a May 29th, 2009. So that was, a, I think it was a Memorial Day weekend situation. Grandma, I'm getting Ooh. out of the pool for a minute. I'm going to towel off. What's your Wi-Fi password? <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh yeah! I got to get to the boards. I got to get. I got to get to the boards. Yep. Wait, I got. I got to say, this is it's, it's such a wild tangent that you brought up. It's so funny to me because uh, more of the weekend is like such a weird time for me. It's literally about remembering like the, the fall or whatever. Well, like we had a barbecue and shit. So it's just like it's a. It's better now, but it always was a, such an awkward time. Even even when I was in the army, because you know it's our big forty holiday, of course. You know, in the, in the uh, unofficial beginning of summer, but it's like. I, just, I remember like the the guy who got shot down in Afghanistan when I, when I, when I was eating this burger. It's a very it's a very surreal <laughs> feeling, and, and I think that kind of speaks to this. That's why I think even as time went on, stuff like this album, season there are several whole catalog. They kind of they work even more. Like I'm remembering all this weird stuff that happened to me before, or all this tragedy that I that befell people around me. But like you know, and I'm still here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right, like, yeah. <laughs> We're going through the seasons of our lives. There it is. They figured it out. All right. This one, we're going to need to get our lighters out. It's Skeleton Song. Oh, man. I'll stay right here with all these familiar faces and shut out everyone else from the world we created. Instead of becoming the sick and twisted, I lose myself in a song. 
So if the last song is you're in the car and you're like, all right, this is the montage. This is, all right, I'm back in the fight. And then you go and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, no. I may have... I am. I may have broken this relationship more than it can bear. Uh oh. Uh oh. All right, I'll be back. I gotta. Oh boy. This this. We mentioned the uh, the you know the, the holiday vibe or you know the, the depressing holiday vibes. I believe in the uh, previous album, and obviously there's a song called uh, Christmas Day, kind of the uh, in a similar place. Well, I think it's the fifth track of that album. Where it's good, it's like a slow, sad, acoustic-based song. And this kind of feels like the uh, sis- the sister song to that song, or like you know, I guess it's a, if that was a Christmas song, a sad Christmas. This is this is the uh, sad Thanksgiving you're talking about. Like this is like your <laughs> home and like you're 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 surrounded, but yeah, you're, st- you're, you're everybody's around you, yet you're alone. Nobody can understand you. You know, like yeah. is that feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this one definitely taps into yeah more of that. More of that sadness, loss vibe, the, you know, the skeleton song thing haunting your memory, which you then can tie in, you know, what this uh, this album was dedicated to, you know, to Dave from Drowning Pool, to Lejean's brother who died, Reginald. You know, I was honestly, when I'd read that before I'd even listened to a note of this album, I was honestly expecting more songs like this. So when this happened, I was like, oh, okay, here it is. We're finally going to get to the, the acoustic one, which I know it's been very interesting to see over the years the reactions to Seven Dust softer side which i know they have largely embraced they did that whole acoustic album and obviously they did uh, you know angel sun uh for the straight up tribute album and it does seem though that there is a large chunk of people who want nothing to do with this aspect of seven dust like they don't like it it's, i don't want seven dust slowing down at all which is funny though because it seems like as time's gone on this is this is part of their arsenal but there seems to be some people who just they're not there for it. They don't want Seven Dust to slow down at all, which is very interesting because I think this one is one of their one of their stronger like slow it down acoustic tracks. Now, what's funny is that on songmeanings.com, everybody wants to tell you what a skeleton does. Um, they took it incredibly literal. There are so many comments that are like, "You'll be in it." Oh, I'll just I'll just read you a couple. I'll just read you a couple. So this is oh, a comment. Do. This is a comment. It's from Andy W five thirteen May thirty first two thousand six. What is a body without a skeleton? A formless mass withering and writhing on the ground on the dirt. A skeleton enables you to stand, to take a stand, to make a stand, to live. Music One is, may even say that the leg bone is connected to the thigh bone. I, One may say, Matt. One may say. A music is the writer's life, and it is so that he feels it is the best way to convey his emotions, the way he feels. So I lose myself in a song again, says it all for me. This is one of those tricky songs. It's so well written that I cannot simply sum it up. You have to listen to this song instead of hear it. I believe that's there. You will find your own interpretation of it. There's nothing wrong in being far from right. I got to tell you guys, I uh, it's really something what when I'm told that you have to listen to a song instead of hear it. Wow. This guy, Look. another level. <laughs> the power of marijuana. Ooh, man. <laughs> Look, man, right now you are hearing the song. You're not listening to the song. You got to listen to the song. So I... I, I mean, so they're talking to two of the biggest weed heads that have ever oh, existed oh, over sure, here, yeah. Mr. <laughs> Mr. 420 and Sergeant Blunts over here. Yeah, this is. Yeah, you're talking to real weed heads. Uh, I I love this idea that this guy has that um, what is a body without a skeleton? A formless mass withering and writhing on the ground. 
when has that ever happened? What is this guy talking about? You know, you remember all those skeletonless bodies you passed on the way to uh, school? You know, I go to school with this guy named Greg, and we don't talk about it. He's born without a skeleton, so he's just he in a bucket. He's a withering mass. He's in a bucket. And every- there was that, that crazy-ass cartoon, uh, Cow and Chicken. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't even describe it. It's a cow and a chicken. They're, they're like brother and sister. Yep. And they have a cousin named Boneless. He's a boneless chicken. And he used to puddle on the ground. Who <laughs> That's who this guy's talking about. He's like, this is cow chicken. talking about that character. Um, now, what's funny is that um, this next comment, it was posted by Courageous Insanity on December 24th, 2006. Christmas Eve. Mm. Personally, anyone can understand the song, but you really have to Feel the song to completely know what this is. You will know. It's almost like the world stops just to listen to this song. It's about life to me. A skeleton is what holds the body up, the frame, the structure. That's what music is to me, and I'm sure it is to Lejean too. I feel music as my essence. I always find myself, quote, losing myself in the song again. It doesn't matter if you're far from right with music or if you love it too much. That song, whatever it is, when it comes on, makes it all that much better. That's the skeleton song, the one that gives you a reason to get out of bed when it all feels like shit. And they go on and on. But I'm just thinking about the fact that someone's downstairs going, we gotta wrap these presents. What are you doing? (laughs) Christmas Eve. And then the skeleton, bones are structure things. Uh, I'll be down in a minute. You have to feel the song, Grandma. You have to feel it. You're listening, but you're, you're hearing, but you're not listening. I know you heard the song, but, but did, did you, you listen? Understand? Oh, man. But I, I will I gotta, say, I gotta say, like uh, this, this uh, again, like uh, going on the journey of life with Seven Dust and albums. Like you know, a lot of kids, yeah, the kids listen to this stuff. You know, when they're like in their teens, high school. No, they they have no context for any of this shit that he's talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really like, it's really deep, like affecting like these spiritual wounds he's talking about. Yeah. No fucking clue. No. <laughs> but that's just, that's kind of kind of the fun of it, revisiting it now, like twenty years later, and like oh, like, oh yeah, he was. I kind of feel he's coming from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. in it. Well, well, you were hearing it before, and now you're listening to it. That's as simple as that. <laughs> oh, simple shit. as that. There it is. There it is. Uh uh well I think I think we we can put our lighters away and it's time to get back to some rocking with the song Disgrace. <laughs> Let's 
talk about getting back into the fight. Another one that's like, okay, we've had the we've had a montage in the car. We've had total collapse where I'm on the beach now. It's Rocky Three. I'm on the beach with Talia Shire, and I'm scared. I'm scared. That's, <laughs> and now, now I'm starting to get back in the gym. Now I'm starting to maybe jump a couple couple ropes. It's not going so well. It's not going so well. Things are great. Love this song. This like for that type of like smooth vocal performance that Lejean. This is in the pocket. It's I love it. I this song fully works for me. Know how new metal it is, but boy, oh boy, as a rock song, as like a this is great. This is, I don't know what else you want from like a rock song. Like, this is great, Matt. When you said getting back in the ring, I really felt that because the song is this build up, like, yeah, I'm getting back, I'm walking back up to the ring. And when you get to the chorus, your only option is to jump off the top rope from the turnbuckle. That's the only thing that can be done in this chorus. I know it's not physically feasible for everyone listening to this song, but I mean, really, when you get to that chorus, you should find a turnbuckle and jump off it. Like, that's what else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? Uh, so, yeah, I was I, I enjoyed coming back into the rocking again um, and, yeah, just doing some elbow drops uh, to this chorus. Uh, loved it. Vice? Yeah, I think this might be, might be my, my favorite song on the album because um, it's that feeling like this, as as we said before, like um, it's these uh, this heart rendering kind of emotional outburst set to this uh, wrestling soundtrack. And that's that's like you can you can, you can, you can we're kind of doing it right now. We're seeing in our minds this um, wrestling movie this, and this Bruce character who's getting up for one last hurrah. Yes, like you, you can you can feel and see this emotion mm-hmm. that's happening. Like it's this kind of this 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 sullen sullen kind of remorseful energy that's being expressed in this like really like propulsive way and like, like that's just kind of this whole album to a t like this song uh and you know and it's and, and it kind of that sadder tone a sadder register sadder register not not it's not like the same kind of upbeat stuff like in enemy or the first few tracks like it's definitely more of a done down tune but like it's still even with that though it's still like um there's still a positive pulse to it it's like yeah I'm, whatever happens we're getting, we're getting through this one way or another so it's like uh yeah yeah i think it's my favorite song on the album is that feeling and um and like i was saying before like uh the, the things that you know you first you hear it then you listen to it mm-hmm. so as time goes on when you come back to this kind of when you come back to these things i don't regret my past you know i was in army 12 13 plus years uh two tours tours in iraq to afghanistan uh so forth and then like you know i i don't i would do it again if i had to if i were given the option but like you know that's there's definitely like a there is some kind of you know um remorse or like a I wish this wouldn't have to happen this way. Mm. I wish I wish I wasn't part of these certain things. So yeah, like what, what, the kind of for my interpretation from my life to this song is like you know yeah. I got through that fight, but you know like uh, I wish there was another way that we could have done this. You know, which I, I wish there was a different way. Mm. Um, but you know, like I, I I I chose to do that fight, and I would choose to do it again. But like you know, it's that's not if there's a better option for people out there. So it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very unique or very distinct feeling. Um, not quite regret, not quite remorse, but like, you know, this kind of um, resolve that, you know, no matter how bad stuff gets, like you stu- you've, yeah. you've decided this is what's going to happen. So you're going to commit to it mm-hmm. um, with all the, with all the pain and, and negativity that, that, that entails, but you know, it's still ultimately 
it's your free will. It's, it's your it's your driving it. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. I definitely felt this song. Yeah, that hits, that dude. That totally hits. I <laughs> I cannot relate at all. <laughs> in terms of like I I no in terms of I didn't serve I I didn't right. make the sacrifices I have never been in the situations that you've been in let's let's let that be yours <laughs> and then the thing that's mine that I hear when you say those things are like if you I don't when you live and you continue to live there will be circumstances of which you will wish that it could have been something different and you will realize that it could not be yeah. And yeah. that and that's what it is. And it's like, man, I wish I that could have been something different, but I'm not who I am without it. Yeah. And yeah. I get to keep moving forward. And that's what I gotta do. So it's like, yeah, that's that's heavy. Like that's and that's fucking you you are listening now. <laughs> We're listening now. We're listening now. We're listening now. Perfect. An excellent segue into our next song, Burned Out. Stick around and see the So I was shocked to discover that this song is not a staple of the Seven Dust Live show. Stunned. They've only played this song five times live, according to Setlist.fm. And four of those times were at the recent season's 20th anniversary mini tour that they did, where they played the album front to back. Otherwise, they've only played the song once, uh, unless there's some undocumented times. Blown away. This is chorus of the album, and they know they've got an A-plus chorus here because they do it like seven times, I feel like, in this song, and I was never mad about it. I was like, this is the chorus. This is the chorus here. This one, I know I said earlier there was the one where it's like it's a crunchy, and then it goes into the smooth chorus. This one, I feel, is a perfect combination of both. Could not get over this chorus. I mean, the builds, the riff gets better and thicker as the song progresses, and yet it still remains about that chorus. I was a little shocked there were no comments in the song meanings about what the sun does and how it can or cannot burn out. Uh, I, I was ready for that. None of that. Some may say it's the structure of our planetary system. Some may say that it is the heat from the sun that causes us to continue to exist some may say that dare i say without the sun we would just be a gelatinous mass Mm, we'd just be a yeah just 
just a couple of flesh buckets over here. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, this is. A, I I would think this is like a top ten, top five, seven dust song. This is incredible. This song it's is great amazing. One. This is really great. Yeah. Yeah, Vice. How do you feel about this one? It's not my favorite album, but like it's like a going from my favorite to this is like um, it's just a, such a, just a flex. Like look at what you just did for the past few tracks. Now I'm gonna switch it up even more. I'm gonna like do this. I'm gonna do what we've been doing. This kind of this rising vocal chorus um, build up, but a new way. But like you know that little tremolo opening, like it's just it's like it's they're just so cool. Like they're just so dynamic as musicians. They can just kind of like it's like it almost feels like they're like a flowing freestyling a little bit. I mean not like at least as far as the flow of the album so far is concerned. Like they gone this, they did the uh, high energy stuff. They did the uh, the ballad. They did like this kind of the more morose thing. They did you know they did the the fight song. And now you know what's gonna let's switch it up again. And then like just do kind of a mix of all that kind of stuff. It's hopeful and and you know like, all this stuff like. Mostly and, and sonically, so yeah, it's just, it's just kind of it's just kind of flexing at this point. It's, it's yeah, it's like a really it's a really interesting like dynamic track that I always appreciate. Even though it's not like my favorite per se, it's just like yeah, you think this is them showing off a little bit <laughs> for sure. Oh yeah, they're definitely flexing on this one. Everybody is just like, look at us go and look at look at Lejean. He is literally elevating off the ground. He is he is levitating. It's amazing, Matt. How'd you feel about Burned Out? I really dug it. I really I. I liked what they were doing, the shift into this chorus. Holy, they're doing the damn thing and they're doing it well. Like this is a masterclass on going to the lift chorus. Like, but like the thing that I've noticed about the last couple of songs is he's doing this kind of like if I said, I forget which song I said, I think it was honesty or separate that I said was like, the quintessential seven dust sound mm-hmm. post those songs he's been doing kind of more quiet like he's been doing not the higher range that he can do in the in the verses but a little bit more quiet focused like a focused intensity in his voice that like really comes out so that when he goes to that major lift it, it pays a little bit better I'm, I'm liking it I, I i think it's a good song there you go there we go and uh, yeah, just to let everybody know, yes, the sun is important. And if it were to burn out, it would be a problem. All right? It'd be a problem. News to me. I, I would say if the sun did burn out, you would not have to go to work the next day. Um, <laughs> you have the day like off. Like My mean, boss would want me to be there. <laughs> like the meme, really like a, you see this, that's what happens. What do you do next? Go vote. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, I'm not going to be in today on account of there not being any sun. Sun. Mm. Lack of sun and us spinning uncontrollably. (laughs) Hey, before we die, uh, I just got to go to song meetings right now. Grandma, what is your Wi-Fi? I've got to talk about this. Uh, Perfect, perfect. Up next, I feel like I'm entering the last moment of a live. Uh, Is that correct? I think you're right. The last moment of a live. Yes. Perfect. Well, Matt, speaking of last moment of a live, this next song is called Suffocate. Uh oh.
riffs, baby. And listen, anyone who's been listening to this show long enough knows that if you're in a new metal band and you do not have a song called Suffocate, one will be assigned to you. Okay? And so Seven Dust going four albums before having a song called Suffocate. I'm sure somebody rolled in. I'm sure that's probably what Morgan was mad about. He's like, we're different. We're a different type of band. And TVT walked in and they said, this is album four and you don't have a song called Suffocate? What is going on in here? And Morgan's like, you can't tell me what to do. And he's like, I need to suffocate on my desk by the end of the day. I don't care if you're putting a bag over your head. I don't care what you're doing. I need to suffocate. Morgan's like, I'm so mad. I'm so, I'm mad. so mad. And he's like, all right, Fine. I'll give you a, I'll give you a suffocate. But I'm gonna start the song off by being by just yelling hate, and you're gonna just have to deal with that. And he did. And you know what? Mission accomplished. This is another one where it's like maybe if it, maybe this was written under duress. I don't know, but it all worked out in the end. It all worked out in the end because we're rocking and we're crushing. And uh, Morgan put that fast drum beat under the chorus, so it's like a little more amped, you know? If you don't have that drum beat under this chorus, this could be another, like, slow it down, Lejean arms wide, widescreen. But you put that drum beat under the chorus, now, to tie back to you, Vice, Jason Statham can kick a guy through a wall to this song. You know, like, that's what that little drum beat does. It's like, okay, good. No, we can, we can, we can fuck some shit up to this one. I gotta yeah. put that in the role that's a, a banger under duress. Oh my god, this is perfect. Like, <laughs> I remember there's a story about the, I think uh, the Deftones when they did um, White Pony, the, 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 their famous uh, Mini Maggot, the Back to School song. Mm, yeah, yep. it was like a retool of their their the last track, uh, Penny Maggot. Yep. And like they kind of the story is like a the music like, is like a, we need we need a single. There's, there's one in here, and he's like fuck it. I mean, he's, he's, he's kind of do it together, and he's like what became a dope ass song. Yeah, <laughs> <So much. laughs> yeah. I mean, listen. Sometimes there's nothing wrong. We're we're in a different era now, though, because I feel like in that obviously the '90s, early 2000s, like the whole like sellout. I'm not trying to write a hit. I'm just mm. trying to be music. Listen, not hearing all that type of stuff. And now, if you don't write a hit, then you can't put any food on your family. So you, you need right. to write a hit immediately. So I mean, yeah, I don't think that's like a concern anymore. But back in the day. Back in the day, it was like, yeah, I'd like a hit, but at the same time, don't compromise my artistic integrity. You know, and of course, <laughs> Deftones being Deftones, especially with that song, did the ultimate like we're not sellout moves of just like, yeah, we made that in an afternoon. Yeah. You know, like just <laughs> we created this world beater song, and they're just like, you know how easy that is for us. Oh, I love that. Listen, me and Steph Carpenter, we just pooped that thing out. We were just like, boop, boop, boop. There you go. You wanted a, you wanted a hit, you got a hit. Now put our 30-year-old asses in a music video in a high school. Let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> so weird. Chino is like a grown man. Grown just, man! <laughs> but you Walking know across That's- desks. That, listen, sure. that is we were we were talking about this recently with our friend Ashley. You watch these old emo videos and you've got these guys with full beards or like stubble and they're like in a high school and they're like, Girl, you ignored me and it's like, you need to get out of there. We're about to call the police. What are you doing in this school? Get out of here. Chris Matthews shows up. <laughs> Uh, excuse me, sir. You're 31 years old and you're in homeroom. Can you explain why you're here? Why are you here? <laughs> Uh, the police uh, are outside. Uh, songmeanings.com. Uh, I'm going to say it. Everyone got real lazy here. Power Psy said, love this song. I'll let someone else try and find out what it means, but def one of my favorites. Smiley face emoji. 
It's called <laughs> suffocate. What are you? Okay. So then this person's name, I think, is Crew Jebsel. Crew Jebsel said, meh. I got no clue what the song's about, but I agree. One of my favorites, smiley face emoji. Why is this the one that everyone gives up on? It's literally called Suffocate. This one seems like a real no-brainer. And everyone's like, I can't be bothered. It's one of my faves, but I cannot be bothered. I am busy. I've got I cannot to go. crack the code on Suffocate. Oh, yeah. Um, the uh, first comment was posted on uh, February 14th, Valentine's Day. <laughs> Valentine's Day. That's why they were so busy. Valentine's Day. Yeah. Valentine's Day. Yeah, I'll be down Honey, for, I love for you. dinner in a minute. But uh, <laughs> it's got to log in. What's our Wi-Fi password? <laughs> you know what? Maybe that's what it is. He was about to dive in. And then they're like, "We, it's date night. It's Valentine's Day. And he's like, love the song. Someone else figure it out, though. I got to yeah, go. Yeah, Marriage yeah. on the line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll say like uh, for, for the uh, requ- requisite suffocate song from Little Band. I love that it's actually as hard as it goes. It goes like again. This is the, the strength of Seven Dust. They can do this like really cool, like the the, uh, the bridge to this song. We're kind of like that little drum roll. Like it's it's like light and airy almost. It's like yeah, we can we can again like we can be in your face, but in the same song we just kind of like pull back a little bit. Just like kind of like let, let it float. Like this this is very like it's actually interesting that that this is in the same year era of um speaking box level low. Like um and nobody really. But Don doesn't have R. He sounds like an R&B artist, but not just because he's black. Because, but like, I mean, well, that's part of it why it is. But um, but like, uh, he his um flow, he flows. So like mm-hmm. um, and the, the whole band can do, can do that at certain points too. This, this is one of those, one of those songs where they can just do that. Like it's just like a it's a groove that a lot of bands just don't have. Or like if they do, it's like a just a, most of the new metal grooves are like steady bounces, like you know, chug chug chug, like. They can just kind of switch it up on the fly like this, like go from this hard thing to like this kind of like this little ethereal little wave, and then back to the you know back to the to, to the punch. Like this is like it's again like this is like masterful stuff that should have been you know this should have been like a big radio hit, but you know these yeah. people weren't they weren't they weren't ready for it. I guess I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean I will agree. This is this was a very smooth listen, um, and in the way that some other albums that we listen to for the show can sometimes feel like either the production is very oppressive or it's just as like really hitting you and you just feel like when you're done you're like yeah it was a ripper but i do have a headache i don't have that problem with this album it's like very smooth but it's still it's not that it's not rocking though it's rocking they got the riffs Mm -hmm. but it's just smooth and i think it's yeah i think it owes a lot to the groove in that way um yeah all right up next we've got next i have a question for you lauren oh what's your question matt how respectful of our time is this album? Matt, it is so respectful of your time. It is 43 minutes and 54 seconds. Dude, you get in there, you're in the gym, you get a warm-up in. That's maybe 15 minutes on an elliptical, 10 minutes on a bike, whatever you want, something to get the blood going. You get your sets in. Perfect length. Yeah. Perfect. That's a full 5 by 5 squats, uh, deadlifts, uh, uh bench press or no in my case squats bench press uh oh uh middle row then some like a curl and a super set of curls and um uh, skull crushers like that's perfect 40 minutes right there perfectly done you got yeah. a whole full workout right there I, I, I yeah i told you i've done many reps to this album <laughs> <laughs> you know it you're like yep, five by five. Uh, hell yeah yeah <laughs> that, that, that's what well, i think you call that the season sessions that's that's what you did there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh all right well perfect let's take a listen now to gone
this song really accentuated something that we don't talk about too much with Seven Dust, which is they are the masters of the soft yell. They love to put a yell in there, but it's soft. It's ba- It's in the back. It's not obtrusive. It's like they recorded a fully powered yell, and then they just like, let's bring it down a little bit. Let's make this a listenable yell, which is an absurd statement, a listenable yell. A yell is supposed to get your attention. And Seven Dust is like, can we soften the yell? Can we bring the yell down? And uh, this song really has it because he's coming. He's like, ah. I'm like, oh, is this going to hit me? I'm like, no, this is the Seven Dust soft yell. It's their special touch, I would say. It's how you know you're listening to Seven Dust song. I enjoyed this one. This is a good, you know, back half of the album. Let's talk about how much it sucks to be on tour and being away from our families. You know, every band's got to have one of those. When you see this, you got it. Life on the road. Life on the road. Life on the road. You're gone for so long. And calling it gone, you know, sometimes you can overthink these things. You know what I mean? And Seven Dust is like, we're not here. We're literally gone. That's the same in the song. Let's move on. Next thing. Next thing. We're moving on. So, um, there's that uh, that song um, by the band Three Doors Down. I don't remember the name, but look, look, remember when I'm here? Remember when I'm going? You know, it's, it's kind of like <laughs> yeah. It, it, it became this um the anthem for us, like the the police soldiers, you know, throughout oh. the various theaters. You know, so like, oh. I feel like even though like and again like that really was like a guys on a road song, but it's mm-hmm. kind of like, you can you can easily translate that to any kind of being all away and deployed kind of setting. Yeah. Any 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 roads any band on road song can easily be transferred to that that meaning. Mm. So like uh once again, I kinda of, in my mind the same thing here. Like this is my anthem, you know, I'm I'm going so long because I wasn't I was in fact going um most of my career was overseas. I was uh Korea for three years, Germany for four years, plus two Iraq tours between then. Yeah, I was over I was I was overseas for like at least a decade of my life. So oh, like wow. uh wow yeah so like yeah so like to, to, this is my part like, yeah man I'm I'm going baby but I'll, I'll be back soon you know so yeah, I'll def- <laughs> I definitely feel that but again like that that's just the, the nature of any kind of band's road song like you can you can do whatever you want with that it, mm-hmm. it'll still like have meaning to anybody who's, who's just you know you, you can be like going doing I don't know doing a plumbing job or whatever like I'll be I'll be home soon baby. <laughs> that's right listen to the seven dust song till i get back all right this is what i'm thinking about when i'm road on. dog on the plumbing <laughs> trail <laughs> that's right uh i mean for me I, my go-to is always the stain song home uh where in the music video yeah. aaron lewis turns into a flock of birds yeah yes so i mean i guess in this case if lejean were to turn into something to to indicate needing to go back home what would he turn into? Would he turn into another type of animal? Would he? What would he turn into? What do we think? I feel like he'd be a griffin. He's so majestic like that. Ooh. The, the lion bird. <laughs> I love that. Oh, Listen, I know this is a 20-year-old song, but Seven Dust. Let's, let's get that video made. Fast on the land, made. fast in the air. Yeah. <laughs> that's the Whereas, one. you know, Creed, like, you know, Scott Stepp, he'd be an angel because he's, he's so, like, that's what yeah, I know. Yeah, you're going to see him, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well scott step though he's the type of guy that's like do you want to turn into anything and he's like i'm great as is you'd like there's nothing to do to this i'm not turning in you can turn into me but i ain't turning into shit have you uh, seen me take my shirt off mm. <laughs> i would say scott Stapp's big mistake though is cutting his hair you know, we've been talking about hair a little bit. We've been talking Scott's, about that Samson. That yeah, Samson looks. Scott Stapp with short hair makes no sense. Inexplicable. Mm. It's like, grow it out, man. Just take a minute. You still got it. He just shaved it off for some reason. Or someone, some idiot gave him the note. Don't want to evoke that the past. Cut it short. No. Grow it out long. 
Grow it out long. Listen, I still think I don't like their music, but like that, that's what they got to do. Because aren't they reuni- aren't they reuniting this year? Isn't that like a Probably. thing that's happening this year? I think. Grow well, your they, hair they, out. They, they actually did some TikToks or something like that where they were all actually in the room together, and it was like, oh, they're they're in the room with each other. <laughs> were, were these were these comedic? Or I think they were because it was it was definitely. And I hope it's Creed, but it's like it. Whoever it was, it was definitely a play on like, oh, you're here. <laughs> like it definitely had like the, oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm I'm looking now. They they definitely are on tour. They uh, August seventh, home to New Jersey, closest to as close to being New York. So um, I'm like, you know what? I might check this shit out. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, boys. Good on it. Be in July. Gonna be in uh. South Carolina, oh. yeah, July. <laughs> Shit, man, I'm like, 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 I'm
it's so funny that um again this is just kind of the, the why they're so fun as a band to like conceptually they have these really really you know again these well thought out soulful songs but also this is like here's this dumbass like you know fight smite song you know take swing better better swing better better swing like who, who was that a fucking song but he did and he, and he meant that shit he's like take a fucking swing you know like it's just like this really funny like this kind of immature like aggressive you know media energy to it but you know it's it's it, i guess that never really goes away with you know, no matter how old you get or how mature you become, how wise in your years, you also, you also always at some point you got like, you know, you got to, sometimes you got to swim a little bit, you know, sometimes you got to take You got to, you got to, I, I say that when I, uh, when we first said we we're going to do this record and I looked at the back and I saw there was a song called Face to Face, I was like, I hope there's a part in the song where he says either say it to my face or say it to my fucking face. And he does. Thank you. Thank you for that. So on one of my listens, I listened to this album while uh, shoveling the driveway. When this song came on at the end, I was like, Snow, you're done. You fucked. I'm, this song is going to power me. Yeah, this is uh, truly amazing. This is the second most played song uh, by Seven Dust Live, according to Setlist.fm. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, the only song they play more is Denial. And according to recent Stuart, uh, tour statistics, it uh, looks like they do play, yeah, this is their closer, which yeah. no shit. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a question on this one. Mm-hmm. Is that Morgan Rose doing backup vocals? So he's doing the hard part and then. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah and, that's and rhyme. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. I would say because I love a good dichotomy, they should do a lot more of that too. Because, and, um, well, you got the greatest singer. I'm, he's such a powerful front man, but man, I love that. I loved, I want one of those in album, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, I loved that. Well, here, um, I hope that maybe at some point we'll have you back uh, so we can talk about the uh, some of the later seven albums. But I recall specifically during the um, the Cold in Memory, the kind of the uh, reunion, album, reunion album between all, all the five members. And I, they have a really cool um, um, behind the scenes DVD that came with the album. And they kind of went to the specifics about how, how there's like with among the five members, there's like a five or six different like vocal vocal styles or arrangements. Um, and they, they talk about um, Morgan specifically because uh, they call his style. He has um, the bro, it's like his kind of tonal intonation, and then he has a high pitch, the crow. So it's oh, like um, the bro yeah, and the so crow, like, like, bro and the crow. They, 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 have, they have characters to their voices, like you know, Don has the, his booty growl, then it's like his soft crooning, you know, like. They, they all have there's like five different there's like each person even even um Clint at some at later on will have his own kind of characters to his voice, but yeah this is like maybe the only one where like uh Morgan is in his um b boy mode I don't, I don't I don't really hear him rap any, either before this or after this but yeah he was he was busting that fat rap that joint I want more of that too this was clearly the peak of his animosity at Dez because there's multiple comments and song meanings once again saying that this yeah. is another song about Dez um, my favorite being from Killswitch916 who said this song is fucking sick live hmm I'll have to check out into that whole Dez thing <laughs> come on guy do your research do your research I, I like he, he he saw them play it live he's like I'm gonna hop on a song meeting see what people say about the song and then he's like Oh, this seems about. This looks like a whole thing. Gonna have to read on that later. Uh, okay, bye bye. <laughs> so, this is a, an incredible closer to this album, and that is the album that is Seasons by Seven Dust. And uh, now it is the part of the show where we talk about canon talk. 
That's Let's right. Talk we're talking about, about the canon. That's right. We're talking about the canon. So, Vice, this is the part of the show where, yeah, where we decide whether or not Seasons by Seven Dust, uh, either songs or as a whole, deserves to go into the Roach Coach new metal canon. So, we'll start with you. Thoughts overall? So, this is a very kind of a complicated proposal because, again, we mentioned before that um, this specific time period, this this uh, the come down into the the um, transition into the, the metalcore new American metal stuff. So like, I don't know. It's hard to say because this might be like the, um, one of the, Oh, swan songs of new metal of that era. You might say, hmm. because as, as we, as we've discussed and seen to this episode, the quality is definitely there. It's like one of the mm-hmm. best albums of that era. This is just purely on a sonically musically, but, um, it's, yeah. But at the same time, it's not, it's maybe not as, Iconic as like I don't know like you know uh, Iowa or Fasnada or something that or, right, or right. any kind of ingenious album like you know, or make yourself so no it's I don't know like it's not iconic of the metal but I think it's historically important as a time capsule where where it was like this is kind of the uh, that end phase of, of for not just that sound type but also for this band it's like this is the kind of they they, they kind of evolved into a newer sound as time went on this is an important part of that. So I yeah I um I believe it is but like again my my reasoning is that it's uh, historically relevant maybe not necessarily like um well yeah I guess it's a canon event in uh, its time frame but it's not immediately obvious that it's a new metal landmark like like song wise but it's definitely an important part of the history and so I, I do think that's that's worth noting. Absolutely. I mean, when we're when we're considering for our personal canon, we kind of throw we've been told we kind of throw a lot of iconography away sometimes because we're kind of reexamining things, hearing instead of listening, listening instead of hearing, you might say, <laughs> and uh, and reassessing in a new way, saying like, oh, this is a thing that's taken like as Matt, as we've been brought down and yelled at for like you don't give enough respect to blank. And it's like, sometimes it's not worth it. I'm not going to name any names though, but I'm going to talk about my thoughts on seasons by seven dust, which is that this is the best seven dust album that I've heard thus far. This is them perfecting the seven dust sound and the choruses Ross's rules. Ross Robinson said, work on your courses, work on your courses, work on your courses. And seven dust said, we did it. Here they are. Here are 12 gleaming, beautiful choruses. You can eat off them. They're so great. And so for me, as a listener of Seven Dust and as somebody who's been putting this canon together for years, this is the one. This is the whole one. I think this is a front-to-back situation. You've got all the things that you need. And and even pointing out, as you did, Vice, that this is like, yeah, kind of a swan song to an era. Like 2003 is that time period in which... We have a lot of bands who aren't sure what they need to do. You know, Limp Bizkit are without a guitarist and they have to try to do what they do and things don't go so great. And Korn try to go back to basics. Deftones stall out in a little bit and to, to make sort of more like a shoegazy record. And so here's Seven Dust and they're, they're like, like I said earlier, diamond tipped. We are honing our sound down to exactly how we, what really always sound. Now, they may have misgivings later, but I mean... Face-to-face is your closer every night. You knew. You knew when you had something there. And by all accounts, I mean, also, you know, people are logging on at their grandma's house to comment on this song. Christmas Eve, all right? These are important songs. I say put the whole thing in. I think this is the one. This is the Seven Dust record for me. Matt? 
you know, coming into this, I didn't know what to expect. The last uh, Seven Dust record that we did felt the most new of the ones that we had done. Again, I, I mentioned it earlier that it felt like the default was going more into the metal into instead of to, into the new. This one, I'm reminded of something that I said during uh, our review of the last Edema record. And not the last Edema record, I mean just the last Edema record that we did, which was their second record, where I said, where's the chug? And we put that we put that album in and i was like where's the chug this album has the chug it has great songwriting great sound songcraft lejean's voice sometimes does the thing that i love sometimes does the lejean thing and if you're as mentioned earlier if you're a fan of that you're going to love this i have no problem putting this whole thing in I really like it. I will say that there are points of the album that I feel are much more rock than new metal, uh, but they keep bringing the chug back in a way that it isn't window dressing. It is imperative to the sound. You know, like it isn't just something that we're... How am I trying to say this? It is quintessentially part of the song instead of like... Oh, we're just going to do something for a couple of seconds uh, because that's that's what we should be doing. You know, if they were if they were doing something else, I would be like, no way. There's no way that we could put this in. But because they're doing it and it is like, no, this is how every verse is structured. This is how we're formulating the song. We're honoring the style. We're honoring the genre. We're doing bigger, more robust things with the choruses. It all works, though. I I am very, very pleased to have heard this this morning. What a delight. There you go. Oh, and the advice. The other thing that you may or may not know is that this is my first time hearing it. Uh, Lauren, oh, listen, I- Lauren listens to the record three times. I always come in cold, so it's kind of like my first take and Lauren's well-thought-out take. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, I, I wish I could hear this album all over again for the first time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> There you go. Uh, I, we should also, I mean, really, the other thing that really kind of cements this record in the canon for us is that it's got multiple songs about beating somebody's ass and a song called Suffocate. Come on! Yeah. There yeah. it is! What more do you need? By default. Yeah. Say it default. to my face is a very new metal uh, mm. phrase. Say it to my face. Say it to my face. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I got to I, I mean, emphasize that because it's so good, it's easy to forget why that stuff. People are like, uh, a song for suffocate, a song about beating people up. That's so dumb. But then when you hear this song do it, this perfect, perfect rock song, you're like, oh, yeah, that's why this stuff works. That's, yeah. why, it gets, that's why it gets people going. Like, when it's done so well, it's like, this is why shit is important. That's why we'll yeah. never die. <laughs> that's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's right. Because new metal is back. And, uh, that does bring us to the end of this episode. Seven Dust Seasons in the New Metal Canon. Welcome. Uh, Vice, thank you so much for coming on the show. True pleasure. And uh, people can find you on Twitter, Vice Victus, with all of your wonderful takes. You are seeing, like I said, you're seeing all those action movies. You're telling us which one's got the ownage and which ones don't. We can also find you on the Action for Everyone podcast. Anything else you have going on? Uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, I have my, my letterbox. I do my reviews. We see most of my stuff there. 
uh yeah my instagram as well looking hot <laughs> doing do my do my do my workouts to seven dust uh yeah and I, like i said as always on twitter talking about that smack <laughs> all right i love it thank you thank you um and you can say hello to uh, roach coach on facebook twitter instagram tiktok and youtube we're on all those and you can send us an email roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com so until next time matt thank you lauren thank you Thank you. All right. There it is. There it is. Uh, Word. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye. Awesome. Uh, All right. (laughs)